As much as I like to fight everyone, yeah, yeah. I'm having a pretty good time here. Why you mad? Why you mad? Why you Why mad? mad? Hey, Luis, uh, what's up? Hi, Jake. Uh, how's it going, man? Um, you know, I'm real <laughs> excited about what we're doing this week. Couldn't, yeah? Couldn't sleep all night. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, really fucking excited to hear everything you have to say about this. Uh, and also what our guests, Melissa Rocha, comedian, uh, friend of the hosts of the show, now friends of the show. <laughs> Welcome to the show to talk about sex in the city. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. No, thank you for doing it. I'm very excited. Very excited. I just like can't even contain myself. I'm so excited to oh. have like a girls' night podcast episode <laughs> that I made in the spirit of Sex in the City, a frozen Manhattan. And frozen is my part. What? But I feel like a Manhattan is pretty on brand because they hang out in Manhattan and they drink cocktails, and I'm drinking yeah, out, yeah. out of my baby they Yoda mug. Out of your baby Yoda mug is what I like, um, because then you're giving it your own twist. You know, uh, they all had their own drinks in the original thing and whatnot, you know, like their signature thing. Mm. So I like that you brought your fucking Yoda guy. Um, but I fucking thought of this because <laughs> some people thought that I was joking on Twitter when I kept saying that I'm going to make Jake watch Sex in the City. <laughs> and I like, I think that at first I kind of was because... I fucking hate sex in the city. Okay. <laughs> and, um, sorry. Um, you know, what happened was that basically, uh, there's a legal reboot that just came out on HBO Max that is called And Just Like That, which the title fucking blows, but <laughs> it's, so it's so stupid. And well, but I think it's because the p episodes from the first series used to like end with her like tying a little bow on her articles and being in mm -hmm. just like that uh carrie got her own apartment or whatever fuck. yeah yeah right yeah so it's like a an allusion to the fact that this is like a postscript right like what happened after the happily ever after bullshit uh even though it wasn't also happily ever after but anyways uh i digress point is um when they made this like new thing um all of a sudden there was like an explosion again of people being like, I love sex in the city. And then other people being like, I hate it and making fun of it. But just like more people than I had ever expected to even be talking about it. <laughs> like I thought it was so insane. Like this is a show about women in their fifties, almost sixties. I don't know that it typically is not something people care about. And then what was crazy to me is that it's not like it was the older women that I know who are like all excited about it. It is women younger than me. Okay. <laughs> And so what's weird is that um, this show came out, the original came out uh, when I was a junior in high school. And then this one came out, the reboot came out when I'm 40. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, what I was saying to Jake off mic is like, to me, this is like a, another Harry Potter kind of media thing where even if you never watched an episode, it circulates so much in our um like narratives and lexicon and whatever that like people know what it means that like ooh you're the Miranda <laughs> or yeah. like you know like, well, the, the, the four Harry Potter the four the Harry Potter houses <laughs> and the four women are the same thing yeah exactly <laughs> and you know we I've already hated on Harry Potter plenty on this and other podcasts so 
I think it's only fair to hate on the Harry Potter for women, which is what offends me, is that <laughs> it's just it's just so bad. So uh, when this came out, you know, I just like immediately wanted to talk to somebody about it because I had a real like fucked up self-realization moment, you guys. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. OK, because so I watched the like the first episode of the grown up, or not grown up, what are they like older ones, right? Or the new show. And um, again, I don't relate to any of these women. <laughs> I don't think anything represents me. I don't live a life like them, even though I think like friends in my hometown might think that I live a life like them. Uh-huh. I like absolutely don't, you know, <laughs> and um, I just don't think there's anything good in it. I think it has a lot of bad narratives, whatever, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about it in a second. But for me personally, this was um, one of the shows that like when I was in high school, the how to say this like nice and objectively the women oh sorry we're girls at that point so the girls who um were pretty and were good at patriarchy is what I like to call it who Mm. like they understood how to play the game and how to get the attention of the right boys who are most popular how to dress the right way and make the right friends all in this way where they understood quote what the role of the girl was versus the boy in the school and in friend groups and all of that and you know, part of the way that girls um, socialize each other <laughs> is that they ostracize, right? They exile and they are mean about like how you look and how you dress and the things that you do for fun and whether that's like feminine enough or or not, or if it's too masculine and if it's too masculine, is it something you do for the male gaze instead of because you enjoy it because that's bad, right? But then the assumption is always, if you were being true. So for example, you know, you, I think I brought this up before the, this concept of the girl, the guy's girl and how, at least for my generation or whatever, I think there's like, it's used less often now, but it basically refers to the idea of women who do everything to gain favor and approval and status in men's eyes and men's circles, but they don't care about what women think and they don't help women and that kind of thing. And That shit always really irked me, you know what I mean? Because of the implication that the male gaze was so important to me. When to me, you know, first of all, the first, like first I felt ostracized by girls before I ever felt uh, like I had ever pleased a guy, a boy, you know, outside my household, let's say. So, (laughs) and then when I was being ostracized, it was for things like not, fitting into the mold of what femininity is supposed to be in the shadow and, and, you know, um, other side of the coin of the boy and whatever. So to me, now I'm able to vocalize the fact that I think that they were actually the ones who were living for the male gaze and for male status in the male world, except that they convinced themselves and each other that they enjoy wearing high heels that hurt your feet and they enjoy fucking having six children in five years and they enjoy like you know like they just convince themselves of this stuff but I was like all right let people live you know enjoy whatever you want I'm gonna go live my Mm -hmm. life and then this shit comes out and there's just like all these younger women than me because also there's this like idea that you think it's just the people who are older than you who um want to have nostalgia and enjoy something that is like real bad and before I toss it to either one of you, here's where I would like to end, right? Because people could be like, okay, just because you don't like something doesn't mean that it's like bad for society, let's say, right? But um, 
the thing with shows like this, and it's not the only one, and it's not the only like piece of media that functions this way, is that um, it's kind of like religion, right? In that one mm-hmm. of the primary functions of religion is to reinforce patriarchy. And yet it is not men who enforce and teach religion within families and keep it going. And it is not usually men who make the time or money to give to churches and religious organizations without the women and their families making it an expectation or demanding it. So for a thousand years, it's actually been women. I don't want to say just women, obviously, but like women within the home and within the roles of what is okay to be a woman, you know, um, we did a lot of the work and continue to do a lot of the work for patriarchy and for capitalism and other things, but we don't need to go there because today this is about patriarchy. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So when we watch shows like this and it was full of these, like, Oh, they're so hopeless because they haven't gotten married at this age, (laughs) you know, like that is horrible. That is horrible shit that you're putting out into women's heads uh, making them even like second guess whether they should go after their dreams or like give all their dreams up for some fucking hot guy or like dude like what the fuck insane um completely shaming the sex positive one who like is the only one who seems to enjoy her fucking life <laughs> like it, insane but anyway before i go on a further rant anybody have any thoughts about that and how do you feel and do you get where i'm coming from or not am i crazy um, I don't know. You're not crazy. And t- to speak back to like, uh, you know, being in like a middle school and high school, like, you know, I moved around a lot and I didn't, I had to work really hard to make friends, which is why I have this amazing personality now. <laughs> um, but I remember, and also being like a poor kid and then like a brown girl, you know, having like lots of weird looks at you, um, racist looks at you. But a lot of that would always change once uh girls like in my high school found out I had a boyfriend mm-hmm. and then they would be like, oh, 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 you have a boyfriend. And it would be like, uh, I was the same person. Like, yeah, <laughs> why are you being nice to me? Like, this is weird. Like, it was so weird to me, even as like a 17 year old person, like, like that is just weird. Like, I've been the same yeah. person for this whole time and yet now now you decide now you know my name yeah i i, I didn't understand that well you know to um, be fair it's I, it's not our fault and i don't mean to sound like i'm blaming women for doing this because that's obviously part of patriarchy is that it's this keep cycle that keeps going or whatever in so many ways but they uh i feel like we were are taught like dude even like disney princess shit and fucking like how you know Here's a baby doll. Pretend to be a mom from the age of three. Uh, like all of the stuff that is just like, be like this, be a mom was already kind of teaching you even before you had words that the ma- the goal is get a husband, get a boyfriend. So if you could meet a girl who gets boys and boys attention and gets a boyfriend, then, oh, she must have unlocked something. And to me, dude, I had the opposite, which was I genuinely had stuff in common with boys. And I would hang out with them all the time. And Mm -hmm. then it became a thing that it was like, okay, well, I think it weirded girls out that boys genuinely talked to me about their feelings and shit and like (laughs) came to my house and met my mom and hung out with me, but we're like not making out. Like it's just, we fucking like the same shit. And they made me feel like I was being shitty, you know, like do room, like they would start rumors that I'm like sucking off the football team because I hang out with the football team. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's like, you literally have never 
had a boy like you as a person because you also have never shown a boy yourself as a person. You're only showing this thing you were taught. But anyway, that do that shit where they yeah. give like female children like here's a baby for you to take care of but then they are a baby is always mm-hmm. looked so odd to me or like when yeah. the toys that they give like children are like for boys you know pretend to be an astronaut and fly this jet plane (laughs) and then the girl has like a little oven and it's like cook it's so fucking bizarre to me the baby thing especially though is because because it's just babies having babies shit where you're like you can't take care of a child crazy 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 and the fact that they like tell you that right from when you're little and then when you turn like i don't know 15 it's like oh my god you better not get pregnant oh my god oh my god oh my god seriously (laughs) didn't you tell me for the last 15 years literally that this is what i'm supposed to be training for i feel like i'm ready to go in the game dad put me in (laughs) (laughs) i also feel like like uh so i'm a big sister and so like my little sisters i've been taking i took care of them when they were like when when i was eight they were born and then it was just like my life was over in a weird way but like, I never really got to have like toys because it was like the little kids that had toys. And, uh, my whole life, you know, taking care of children, like taking, taking care of actual children, you know, made me not want to have children. Cause I, it, I was like in my yeah. late twenties, early thirties when I was like, okay, they're grown. I can actually start to live my own life. But the way that my parents would just sort of like, you know, uh, cram into your brain, like, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant. I think now they wish that I had gotten pregnant because I don't have children. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm, sh- I'm sure they look at each other and like, would it have been so bad if she was 17 and pregnant? <laughs> Instead and, you know, of- <laughs> they, and, you know, they probably would have been like, it's fine. Leave them here. We'll take care of it. You can- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so, Jake, tell us what was the so this was the first ever full episode you've seen of Sex and the City. What did you think of uh, so it was of the new one to be clear, right? Well, to be clear, I watched mm-hmm. the pilot episode of the new one and I was so like morbidly fascinated with what I had just seen <laughs> that I went back and I watched okay. the pilot episode of the original one to see. Oh my god, what the show wow, was. wow, wow, because <laughs> I wanted wow. to know everything that they were like framing you know and everything that tell they were us referencing. what you saw in your space travels man <laughs> so god i kind of want to watch the whole fucking thing now not because i think it's good because i'm like you know like this is an insane artifact it's all of the things that you're talking about it's ex- extremely patriarchal and but and it also like made me feel bad okay let's mm-hmm. start with the fucking the the reboot the new one um the I didn't have any context for it. So just watching it and then watching, <laughs> spoiler alert, the twist at the end where the Mr. Big fucking dies, I like hilarious. fell out of my chair laughing. I was like, this is hilarious, such right? an insane tone shift for this like lighthearted TV show about dating or whatever. Um, but, but you know what? I Just to interject here, yeah. I personally think that they did it in a play for like making it more likable or cooler or modern yeah, yeah, because yeah. Prestige it, there would be no story to tell if it was just like she's so happy and he's so happy and now mm-hmm. everything's perfect <laughs> so yeah. it has to be like she has to have a problem I mean they made Miranda an alcoholic and fuck it. Like, whatever, whatever. <laughs> no, no. Go on. I'm in real like hate watch territory here like I do not <laughs> want to come off like I'm saying this is bad like I understand why they killed that character now and I'm like okay alright this is a good soap yeah. opera kind of but it's about the patriarchy, so it's horrible. But it's still 
just technically kind of fun to watch. Um, so the, the let's start with the original first. Like this, it really it bummed me the fuck out, and I think the reason it bummed me out is uh, because it's really like centered and focused on these questions of age, like you're talking about, and mm-hmm. like with you know with women it's the question of age is like stresses me out to think about and i'm not a woman like i'm just like is every woman i know walking around like the fucking world is over in like five years or something you know who's like my age and you know trads are yeah yeah that's the thing partly (laughs) is an episode that reveals why i constantly talk about this is because i have felt oppressed by this since middle school, at least. Because before that, there was 90210, okay? Which was also... But whatever. Anyway, go on. Well, the <laughs> like the, the biological clock, like doomsday clock thing, is dialectical. Like, it ping-pongs between both of us, which is why you have to, like, have yeah. conversations like we have and, like, ev- go... Ev- we're all going to break out of it, right? Like, at the same time. Because it, it, even as a guy, you, like, are kind of aware that women are thinking like this. And then it aff- informs things that you think, which then inform things they think. And it just goes on and on and on until somebody, like, breaks the silence and talks about it. So, like, the, the fact that th- I think they're in their 30s in the first one is, like, so. kind of eerie because they... I mean, they look really young, and I'm just a person who is, like, I'm about to turn, thir- turn 35, and I'm not, like, super stressed out about it. I kind of don't have a conception of time, like, anymore just because of COVID and everything and having lived a, you know, a, a kind of bohemian life or whatever. But, like, you, you're constantly either you, – s- some days I'm, like – I always think about this tweet somebody tweeted where they said – in my 20s, I felt like I was never going to turn 30, and now that I'm 32, I'm already 40, or whatever. Like, you can get kind of sucked into this, yeah. and if you play that game, if you go along with Sex in the City and you think about things that way, you it's you get bombed out, and then you, I, but you also get me, I can see getting immersed in, like, the things that they're talking about on this show, and sort of, like... Like, uh, like I understand a lot of people I know who watched this over the last 10, 15 years of my life and were like, you know, like playing it like a game. Like they're like, I am Miranda and you are Carrie and like, we're going to go out tonight and do all this stuff. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, but, but here's the thing. So I, I get it too, but that's exactly like the insipid problem with media is that we are creatures who internalize the ideas that, it, that we see and that we hear and that we like and that are repeated to us. So, for example, there are people who used to be like, oh, my God, I watch it for Carrie's outfits. Like, I love her clothes and her shoes. And you know what, dude? Fine, you like the clothes. But as you're sitting there looking at the beautiful clothes, you are still hearing for seven seasons plus for multiple movies, beautiful, successful, independent women sit there crying about how their life is incomplete without a man, how their parents don't love them if they don't get a man's love, how like, dude, just pathetic, like pathetic shit. And so I guess my point is that like this, we wouldn't fall into these ideas if we didn't already like prime ourselves for so long watching these things. You get me? And so like, um, you know, just to go back to the biological clock thing, because again, you're right, Jake, these are conversations that need to happen between like all, all genders, I guess, especially men and women who date each other. But um, the biological clock thing is a like a real stupid thing. It's part of this patriarchal thing, but you know, it's tied directly to the idea that women are have no value outside of their breeding years. 
right? And their breeding ability. Mm. And if you in any way feel like you have a biological clock, it's because you have internalized the idea that women have no value if they do not have a child, okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings, but that is directly where that comes from. Are you talking to me? So, no. Our our, our (laughs) listeners who have wombs is who I'm talking to, Um, right? Because if you don't believe that idea, then there is no like clock ticking to it because you would have made decisions all throughout your life to lead to get having children. Right. Because even like the women like Charlotte, Charlotte had IVF. Right. And a uh, thing about IVF is it costs a lot of money. It's painful. All this shit It's problematic. Um, and if you like, get to the point where you like want to get in debt or like spend all this money to make sure you're a mom, then that's fucking somebody who like laid all their cards down the way they wanted it because they wanted that from the beginning. It's not because of the idea. Well, whatever. Oh, but anyway, said, men. I, I thought you said men. IBS. <laughs> oh, no, IBS. Uh, but men, you know, it affects you too, right? But this is an important like part of the contention between men and women dating each other. Jake, especially like if you are a trad and you're uh, on a escalator or you are an escalator type person, serial monogamous who's looking to have children with somebody or cohabitate, then what happens is part of the tension and the distrust is that women have been told for fucking hundreds of years now that your only value is in the children that you have and the spouse that you can get to take care of those children. And men have been told for hundreds of years now, there is no clock on you. There is no limit. You can do whatever you want. And hey, fall in love with this one. Don't have children, whatever the fuck. Because if you decide one day, you can wake up at 70 and be like, you know what? Fuck, I fucked up. I should have a kid. I could just marry an 18-year-old and have a baby with her. And it's fucking fine. Which, by the way, is not scientifically correct. Sperm degrades after 33, I think. So you're all in the same boat where you're going to have like little R-word children and all of that stuff. Okay? (laughs) So, uh, and like failed marriages, women having pregnancies, I think, after... 36 is geriatric pregnancy mm-hmm. where, where like it just you're not supposed to be having babies at this age and so get over this idea that like either you want it and go do that or you made other choices and you need to like give it up and stop or whatever live with it but don't act like it was like uh like it was all your idea from the beginning because it wasn't bro somebody told you <laughs> when you were little that you wanted this and uh so that's like the problem with trad men then is that Inherently, I think a lot of trad women don't trust that men will stick around, right? And like be good uh, providers to any children because at any point they believe that they can continue and get another partner and start over or, you know, have better children or whatever the fuck they want. And that is what leads to all of this. Like you must tie people down. And then on the men's side, it's paternal uncertainty is the thing that makes them freak out about possibly ending up being suckers who are taking care of another man's children. But all of that is unnatural and stupid because the right way to have children is communally. But anyway, let's go back to this, <laughs> this fucking joke. Yeah, Which, um, <clears throat> yeah, I know. It's a lot. But like, uh, let's talk about the just the new one. Let's just jump to the new one real quick because <clears throat> one of the interesting things is how they tried to make it modern, right? So yeah, just they did it like the there. fucking. When I was watching the yeah. new one, I was like, "This is another one of those goddamn Kevin Smith movie type things that that that's the conversation we're gonna be having." Is like, oh, yeah. they updated it and made it woke, right? Cool, but it's I so guess. Bad. 
It's so bad. Uh, Mel, what was your favorite um, wokeness change? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what was my favorite wokeness thing? Um, let's see. Uh, I The podcast that carries on. Yeah, it's hilarious. I was watching and it. Like, like, is that us? And like, <laughs> but like... That this woman who has been writing about sex for decades, I guess, can't even like just sort of talk about masturbating on a sex podcast. That was just, insane. Like, I, I was, yeah. and then the way she was just like, kind of just like, man, 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 like, like, like some, like, I don't know, like she's doing like a song dance to just like get out of Avoid answering the, the question. question. Yeah. And it was like, but what do you think sex is? Like, <laughs> you uh. avoiding. Yeah, I was just like, wait, what? And I watched the first episode twice yeah. um, because some, sometimes I just don't care. I've, I've watched this show like so much throughout my life and I always watched it never. Sometimes I just want to be in the white woman's world where, mm-hmm. and just indulge in their problems. Like, oh, no, she has a fake purse. Like, wow. <laughs> oh, no. Like her yeah. millionaire boyfriend is cheating on her. How dare. Like, I just want to be in that sometimes mm-hmm. um so i i don't look to anything in the show as like <laughs> as like my truth as, as yeah. my truth yeah you know mm-hmm. and it was it was kind of it's like the same thing with girls uh hbo's mm-hmm. girls where like i remember when it first came out everyone was like oh my god the nepotism like blah 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 and i'm just like what did you think what do you think tv is look around you like also. why are, like <laughs> who cares yeah. like i don't yeah. who cares like why are you getting mad yeah, they're all rich. What do you yeah. think? Like, <laughs> yeah, but that's why I thought it was actually like pretty accurate in a lot of ways because I'm like everybody I know in Williamsburg is kind of like the girls, girls. Yeah, and <laughs> so like every like... everyone has like a rich dad, and that's uh-huh. how they look to like survive. Yeah. But yeah. like with with uh, this new, I what's it called reboot or whatever? Mm-hmm. I I'm, I I watch it and I can't tell if it's brilliant. Are just ter- are just the most terrible thing ever made because it's like it's like Encino Man where they're like taking these like uh, creatures from like 1995 and then just mm-hmm. being like boop boop you know and you, and then they're just and they're just they're just like like I got four necklaces on and you know um, what's yeah. non-binary um, mm-hmm. I. And let's I, go to a I, comedy concert. Yeah, the comedy. Co- I mean, the comedy concert was. Uh, I. <laughs> I was like, I've been at a, so lost for words throughout this whole show. How they made Miranda an alcoholic just within five episodes. Yeah, dude. We know. I'm. Ne- I'm ne- upset about never that had one. a problem. I'm upset about that because, okay, first of all, okay, there's so many reasons that, <laughs> that was really fucked up. First because, of all, because yeah, there's there's a lot of reasons. First of all, it's because. Throughout the whole franchise or whatever, the rest of them were fucking drunks all the time, going out every night to get drunk. And Miranda was the one who was like holding down the most serious job and not being the drunk for literal decades. Right. Mm-hmm. And then a pandemic happens. And like some of us started drinking a little too regularly at home. <laughs> and she even says that. And then now she wants to go out with her friends who were former fucking drunks. And she's like getting drinks with them. And now they're like pulling this card of like, oh, but we're grownups, especially Charlotte. I'm like, we're like, I'm, we're moms. Oh, we're moms. Charlotte. We shouldn't be doing this. And it's like, let's talk about Charlotte. All right. This bitch has no identity 
or life or aspirations or anything to say that is not related 100% to her husband or children. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that even, okay, like understand that that's a fair option for any woman that wants that, but to be representing the default um, situation that is very often not even an option or is not even a choice, let's say, for many women around the world even, like, mm-hmm. it just sucks. I just fucking hate Charlotte. Um, but can we go back to the masturbation thing? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, please. I, uh, I, I gotta I, tell I you. Wanna say what, <laughs> oh, yeah, can go, I go, say go. What, one quick thing about Charlotte that really made yeah. me mad was when her husband, Harry, was uh, roller like rollerblading with their child. Um, and then Charlotte's like, don't you dare touch the walls with your know, dirty hands. And I'm just like, who fucking cares? He's a father mm-hmm. who's like trying to share like a, an interest yeah. with their child who at that age are very much on the brink of being like, fuck you, dad. I never yeah. wanted, I like, I don't yeah. know. I, who cares? Who gives a shit about the fucking wall, Charlotte? Right. Sorry. Moving she on. She sucks. You, oh, Jake, you haven't gotten to the episode where um they do like a dinner party. Charlotte does like a dinner party or some shit or she's gone. Oh my God. She wants to impress. Oh, that's one of the woke things that they did is that they like now have like semi-regular characters of color who appear, mm-hmm. right? And one of them is this like successful black woman who is in the PTA with her, mm-hmm. with Charlotte. But Charlotte is like the stay-at-home and mom who's like the superstar PTA parent. And the black woman is a successful career lady who is very busy and whatnot and has an impressive resume. So Charlotte wants to be friends with her. And then she like invites her to this dinner party and then realizes that she like doesn't have any black friends. So the whole episode is her trying to like find some black person to invite or like a black couple to invite. And then that falls apart. And the woman invites Charlotte to go to her house for a dinner party. And then it, they're the only white people. And then it becomes like, a, ha ha ha. Can you believe we were worried <laughs> when it's like, bitch, you literally <laughs> just spent 40, 50% of the episode like grandstanding to try to prove that you're not racist because everything about you and your life is about how it looks to other people. It, are you projecting the thing you want, you want to project you? Like, I think at some point or in all the episodes I've watched so far, None of them are having sex. Oh, yeah, because this is trad married people, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mir- Miranda's son is having is the only one oh, having sex. Oh, yes. Right. Miranda's son, with, <laughs> with Luisa, his Latina girlfriend. Thank you very yeah. much. Oh, wow, you're in the yeah. show. <laughs> I'm in the show, Dude. Jake. Finally, representation <laughs> in Sex in the City. The masturbation thing in the first episode of yeah. them not having sex. The f- like, like I'm saying, I'm watching this kind of devoid of context but i'm to understand that this was seven seasons of a tv show about people having sex and like she gets married to this guy (laughs) and they're supposed to have been married for their entire fucking lives what's crazy about the thing like the arc in the first episode to me is you know it's weird on the podcast when she says like oh i don't talk about masturbation like we were yeah. sex advice calling this bizarre right yeah maybe that is supposed to imply that she's a little bit intimidated by the new medium of podcasting and also that sex positive shit has changed like since the 90s totally. yeah. but the when she goes and she's talking about her husband and she's like i've never like she goes, do you masturbate? You've been married for like fifty years yes, or some shit, dude. Insane, and it's like, but the thing, it's it's both insane that it's yeah. unrealistic and that I think that's crazy and like it's unreflective of, but it's also insane because it is realistic because it's like, no, I bet people yeah. do like fucking live with each other yes. forever and not know shit like that, and that to me 
bananas. Like, I couldn't get past a date without telling you I masturbate, much less (laughs) 20 fucking years or whatever. Dude, that's so funny because this is exactly why I wanted to come back to the masturbation thing for two reasons, two two that you touched upon. Like, one, uh, I do want to point out the husband's response to the masturbation question was that he did the very, like, 1970s, like, joke punchline you know like take my wife please sort of thing where she asked him like what do you like how is it do you masturbate like how do you do it like do it in front of me i want to see you and she like makes it awkward and not hot and it's like horrible and so then he does the thing where he's like of course like i think about you right (laughs) but he did that like as a joke which like right it it is a joke because you don't (laughs) right but it's also like this is what i like i actually think that this this one tiny arc sub arc was probably the best thing I've seen in this whole entire series because Mm. it's the only thing as sad as it was, it was extremely reflective of the reality of most trad ladies that I know. Mm. Okay. Where they don't have these conversations. Like you're saying, Jake, they don't ask, they don't know, like there's women, sorry, I'm sorry, but there's women who don't want to hear that their boyfriends or husbands look at, Porn right. Consider it, looking at porn cheating. The thing about that that's crazy well, yeah. is that you know what those guys do? They just lie about it to keep right. like the system going. And it's, it's right. uh, then later on you guys are like fighting and you're divorced and all this stuff. It's like, why did you think that any of this was gonna hold right. together? The absurdity that people live like this is like right. fucking bone show. Allow me to include uh everyone in this absurdity, which is that the other side of that coin is Men also don't usually ask their women partners what they like in bed, how they like to come, uh, like any of it, what their fantasies are. Do they masturbate? What do they look at? Do they just imagine stuff? Most men do not ask women that. Okay. So that means by default, either you are not interested or you don't care, right? Or you don't want to hear it. Okay. So what happens is if you're the type of man who's dating the type of women who either do not masturbate, right, as we've just heard is possibly the case, according to Sex and the City, or uh, would never talk about it because they're too embarrassed and would never tell you or whatever. Those are women who do not know themselves. They don't know how to make themselves come. They don't know how to express their desires. They This is like the root of the problem between us. You know, like when you hear um, men say shit like, uh, well, like I wouldn't. I wouldn't fuck the mother of my children in the mouth. What the fuck? <laughs> like, are you insane? So there are women that to you are objects that you can have good sex with because honestly, some of us like getting fucked in the mouth. Shut the fuck up. And there are some women that are your uh, childbearing pods that you would never disrespect with your pleasure or hers. What? Yeah, the Madonna fuck are you horror about? complex. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Exactly. It's, it's just. Ex- it's also just like uh, to me. I when I interact with somebody like this, I'm like, grow up! Like this is childish, mm-hmm. right? It's not uh, respectful of other people to like not conceive of them as entirely fully fleshed out human beings. You know, just like, yeah. afraid. I don't know. So here's a question for you, Jake. Um, you know, the thing always has been like, oh, which six in the city character are you? And you're always supposed to choose like one of the three and four <laughs> ladies. But I want to know. What male representation in the show made you feel kinship? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I didn't watch that much of it, so like, there's not a whole lot to pick from. But I mean, when I was honestly, when I was watching this, especially when I watched the the '90s one, it really kind of 
made me realize like what women who women thought I was that I dated younger in my life or earlier in my life and like and why we were miscommunicating so much because they were like getting information from shit like this and assuming that I was this caricature of a guy that's in these fucking shows and so that's why like to me a lot of the the men seemed kind of like uh you know wooden like they seemed like uh unrealistic well, which is fine because this is the inversion of all other TV, which is totally, the reverse, totally. which is no one knows how to write a woman. And then the fucking men are, you know, these whatever, you know, yeah. incredible prestige TV characters or whatever. But, um, the, but that's maybe a positive. That's I, the only positive I've really heard is like men might better understand what women are being. Right. Right. See, with. there's stuff. This is why I want to kind of watch the yeah. whole thing because there's stuff yeah. like that that's like interesting just as like a fucking writer or whatever. But yeah. like, um, in the pilot of the first episode, there's um this thing where I guess the the premise of the episode is that they all go to this bar and they're hanging out at like a drag queen bar, and one of them, the sex posy lady, has this idea, like, fuck it, man, we should start having sex like men. And you know, not getting emotionally attached and all this stuff. And so Carrie goes out and like does it. She's out uh, hanging out with her gay friend and she's at a restaurant and she sees this dude who's like her Dennis Duffy, like, oh my God, I've hooked up with this guy a bunch of times and it's been a mistake every time, but I can't stop doing it sort of thing. And he's like mm-hmm. this dirt bag. And she's like, uh, I'm going to go to the bathroom and the gay friend's like, you motherfucker, don't go over there. And she goes and talks to him and she's like, no, 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 no. It's an experiment. I'm doing it for our thing where I'm going to try to fuck yeah. him and then like not uh, get attached or whatever. And she does it. She hooks up with him and then she does this thing. It's very clever where she like gets off and then she leaves and she says, um, surprise, I got to go. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, Ooh, I'm being the guy rude. here, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. It's hilarious. This is actually pretty yeah. fun. Like, I don't agree with the show on its yeah. entire fucking point of view, but this is a funny moment is that uh, she expects this to really bum the guy out and like get one over on him. And he calls her the next day and he's like, or no, he runs into her at a fucking other th- thing and he's <laughs> yeah. like, hey, you're fucking cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think I identified with that guy in that moment yeah. where I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> this guy's living his life. You know? <laughs> he's like, yeah, she might want to go next time. Who knows? He might have great. He thinks he's probably better than jerking off. I got to stick it in for a little while I'm, and then I went home. She's you know? the asshole in that situation because yeah. she was being deceptive, you know, and he's yeah. and she's like, he's like, no, this is what I wanted. And it's like, yeah. if both of you would have just sort of like said that, you could have had a pretty fun you know relationship for a while yeah. i don't yeah. know yeah <laughs> and 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 also you could also just be like regular friends too right yeah you know you know yes. also and a rich actually, experience in life which yes, that's, is that's treated one of the as things, worthless uh, in shows like this exactly yeah uh thank you actually Mel- melissa for reminding me of that because i think i guess connecting to what i was saying at the beginning of like why this show felt like part of the things that sent me the constant message that I wasn't the right kind of woman <laughs> was also that uh, besides the the boyfriends and husbands and like the romantic whatever who are straight men right all the male friendships in the show at least that I saw are with gay men mm-hmm. um, which I think is like a vestige of the 90s where you know that it was still believed that like men and women could like men you know jerry seinfeld voice oh men and women can't really be friends friends. and so then it became a thing you know the f hag and all that stuff and like a thing where it's like "Mm, i'm gonna go out with my gays and it was very corny and stupid and i think almost worse than like uh 
I don't know, whatever. But um, so they like came back and they still have the two gay dudes from the original show, which is one is mm-hmm. Ant, the comedian, Jake. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Like he became famous pretty much because of Sex in the City. And then like was like, I'm a stand up also, by the way. <laughs> um, and it just sucks that like they uh, encourage this framework where in people who are of different genders can't possibly be friends without it being about fucking each other unless they are clearly like of a different sexuality and they're like safe zone and then you can be yourself which to me is evidence to my point that so much about men and women's relationships has been about uh, projecting femininity and projecting masculinity instead of actually, as you said, Jake, talking to each other and fucking hearing shit out. And it just sucks that they're like 50 something year old women in New York City and they like don't have one straight male friend. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's the opposite of the Bechdel test, but I'm like, why don't these women have any men friends? <laughs> Especially like- or like straight men friends, I should say. Yeah, like I feel like, uh, you know, yeah, relationships are complicated, blah, blah, blah. But like, uh, that, no, no, I'm not that's saying that's the blurb. That. No, no, that's the blurb. That's the blurb. <laughs> Jake, but like, it should be called but, relationships are complicated, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. So, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, but like, and just like that. <laughs> just like that. But like, you can hook up with someone and then be like, oh, oh, uh, it's not going to, it's not going to work like that. But I really like you as a friend and we can be friends. Like that well, is th- that totally gets portrayed in <laughs> yeah. stories and in media as like devastating from like the dude point of view. And it's yeah. not at all. <laughs> like, it's yeah, not like cool. it's okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's thank you better. for saying that, Jake. Thank you for saying that because that is part that's like part of the sex in the city men shit is that men are told like, oh, if she fucking just wants to hang out with you and listen to your feelings and share her thoughts and dreams with you, oh, that's her fucking dissing you. You're a fucking pussy. Don't put up with that shit. <laughs> like, no, oh, you're in the friend zone. Oh, oh, do you have a friend? Is that bad? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, friendship is <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you mean? exactly. It's so stupid. Mm. Yeah. What else do we have? Do we want to talk about? I got to say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. Uh, let's talk about the Miranda and Che sex in the kitchen city, which Jake, I don't think you've gotten to that yet. No, but go ahead. So I'm going to, I'm going to spoil this for you a little bit. Okay? Oh no. Uh-huh, <laughs> My favorite I'm sorry. I know it's your favorite show now and you're going to watch it and you're going to be like, fuck, I already knew this was going to happen. But, uh, a few episodes in, uh, some shit happens to Carrie where she needs some kind of fucking outpatient surgery or whatever the fuck. I don't know. <laughs> So her friends who are always there for her, they do like a little schedule where they're going to take care of her and shit because she's a widow now. So she doesn't have people. So it's Miranda's turn to care for her, oversee her. And Carrie is on her drugs and sleeping it off. And Carrie's podcast friend, (laughs) Che, the non-binary comedian, uh, comes over to bring Carrie like a get well soon gift, right? And Miranda opens the door and Miranda's like, oh, my God, hey, like whispering, like, oh, Carrie's sleeping. But like, yeah, I'll take the gift. And for a few episodes, we've already seen that there's like sexual tension between Mm -hmm. Miranda and Che. 
And they start, uh, one of the gifts that Che brought was like a bottle of tequila, I believe. So then Che and Miranda start doing shots while they're like chatting quietly in the kitchen. And Miranda gets a little loose, you know what I mean? So shit happens and they like do a little making out. Che fingers her in the kitchen. Like, dude, I'm going to just throw it out there. Hot as fuck. Okay. It was great. I loved it. I'm like, I'm watching this lady who obviously hasn't come in years really enjoy a really great experience where a person who knows what they're doing is fucking mm-hmm. <laughs> making her the center of attention and giving her a lovely fucking afternoon. I don't see the problem here. And fucking Carrie wakes up in the middle of this and from like the angle of a mirror, she can see what's happening. And, you know, she's like drugged out and hurt because she's had a uh, surgery and she has to pee and she can't get out of bed by herself. So she like ends up peeing on the bed a little bit and whatever. And then when... <laughs> um Che leaves because Che has to go to work. Miranda comes into the be- into the bedroom and uh, Carrie like it's super pissed. Jake, <laughs> like just like oh my god, so mad, He's so <laughs> mad, dude. Like, can I tell you something? Like, you would think they were fucking married, all right? Because <laughs> he was like furious, like oh I can't believe I woke up to my friend getting fucked by my boss in my kitchen, and you know you're married, and oh, now my bed is fucking wet, and it's your fault, and then, like, Miranda's like, I'm sorry, and trying to help her change the bed, and it's like, I thought you were sleeping, you didn't, you didn't call out, or, like, I didn't hear you, and she just keeps being a fucking bitch, <laughs> like, she just keeps being like, I can't believe you would do something like this, Egh. and so this, to go back again, not to harp on it, but this way that women police each other, right, where, yes, I think the Carrie's reaction was partially because she's in a vulnerable state and she didn't have somebody there to help her. But dude, first of all, the majority of us don't have somebody there when we're in a vulnerable state and have a problem and we had to fucking figure out how to go not pee in our bed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the fuck you're acting like. This person owed you something because they were so nice to offer to like sit there while you sleep. Get the fuck out of here. Whatever. So she, um, Wait, what was I saying? <laughs> I totally got so mad. I care. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, the policing each other thing. Okay, so I do think it's partially, you know, like, oh, you're in a bad mood. You're hurting. There was nobody there to help you and you got some pee on your bed. Totally get it. Upsetting. But the the vitriol behind it, like the amount of anger behind it was also like centered around or even if it wasn't about the way that she chose to like attack Miranda was by basically implying that she's a bad wife and a bad mother who doesn't appreciate the fact that she has a husband, you know, and this is coming from a woman who just lost her husband. So she's projecting onto her, like all this shit about how you're supposed to be as a wife and mom. And then Miranda's like, yeah, I'm unhappy in my marriage. I haven't had sex in years. This is the first time somebody's ever made me feel good. My kid fucking hates me and I kind of hate him and his girlfriend fucking sucks. <laughs> and my job doesn't make me happy anymore. And my best friend thinks I'm an alcoholic. And this is the only person that has been interested in me and interesting and sees me as a yeah. cool person and talks to me and made me fucking come. And my quote, best friend is pissed about that. That's fucked up. Yeah. It's so fucked up. I was like, like, I was talking to my sister um, about that whole scene where I was just like, I got so mad because I was like, I was like, you can't just make everything about yourself all the time. Like, you know, yeah. uh, like, sorry, your husband died. You know, it fucking sucks. But guess what? A lot of people's husbands die yeah. and you have to figure out how to move on. And you can't like your problem can't be every everyone the whole friend group's problem like the, everyone is going through it totally. you know 
And like the way that I'm a friend, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, oh, okay, you're having, you're getting fingered in the kitchen. Okay, I'm gonna just put some headphones Close on. The door, yeah. Just, just <laughs> yeah. Hope it's hope it's a good one. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna have to change my piss sheets. So, yeah. but I'm gonna yeah, give you a high five. And yeah. you know, we'll unpack what's going on uh, yeah. after yeah. after you change my. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But like, it it was just so because it was like, clearly, it was not about just like that one thing. Yeah, she was yelling at her about so much other shit that was like, just not Miranda's fault. And like, the way that Miranda has been there for her this whole time that after the big man died, like she was sleeping in her bed for like, Mm -hmm. you know, came over like left left her husband and children to come take care of you, you know? So I just, I got so mad too. I was like, you're like, calm down. Like I've never shouted at anyone like that, especially over something like getting fingered in the kitchen. Right? Um, <laughs> totally. But like, like she was just yeah, like, you weren't there bad. for me. And I was yeah. like, wow. Okay. Totally. <laughs> um, <Whoa>. Sorry. <laughs> you should put this on the therapy list because that was a crazy reaction. <laughs> yeah, it was so mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, personally, I hope that uh, Miranda uh, divorces her husband, becomes a poly uh, pansexual, uh, free spirit, quits the law, drinks every night, and stops being <laughs> friends with these bitches. And her life would be a lot better. Yeah, like, with the absence of Samantha, I was really understanding, like, I really did watch this show for her, and she really did keep all these fucking idiots together. Because it's like, now Miranda's doing, like, a lot of the heavy lifting. Totally. Of, like, being, like, the most real person. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? You're right, actually, because it also seems like, okay, we always saw Miranda, uh, sorry, Samantha as like an extremist version of like hypersexualized, as I believe what people would call her. But I guess, you know, she was supposed to be this like anchor to Charlotte's like hyper domestic, oh shit, hyper domestic goddess shit, right? Um, And then without it, it just, without the fun of the hypersexual person, it just lays bare how sad I think a lot of these aspirations that these women had in the nineties and how they turned out to be sad now. And they are, they're not really dealing with that. Like it would have been interesting if they were kind of like dealing with how, you know, like, are you happy Charlotte with like, I don't know. It was yeah. Not- like he worked so hard to have, children this like she worked so hard to even get fucking married Mm. you know it was like like she had jake you don't know this but she was married before (laughs) harry no yes (laughs) and and like it was kyle mclaughlin was her husband if i remember correctly and and he he never could get it up and sex with her um and like that was like the whole like madonna horsing where like there was even one episode where she found his porn and she cut out pictures of her face and put them on the ladies. That's demented. <laughs> and I can't believe I remember that. <laughs> that is insane. Um. That is hilarious. I'm sorry, but honestly, it's it's hilarious because it's psychotic. Why would you ever do that? I just <laughs> yeah. don't understand. That's like 
if if he found your fashion magazines and cut out his face in pictures and put him into the fucking doodad, like, why would you? What? (laughs) You you can only look at pretty bodies if they have my face on them. I mean, I would totally do that as just like like a A fun joke joke and just be like and just be like like waiting uh, like don't. Honey, don't you want to have some alone time? (laughs) (laughs) Or just be like, I'm going to the store. I'm going to be gone exactly 40 to 50 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I will totally be gone. I promise. It's like one of those cell phone recorded prank videos you see on like Facebook or something. (laughs) You're waiting to hear him realize it and then laugh, you know? Because that's like weird. And it's, I mean, cut out anyone's face and put it on somebody else's face in porn. It looks going to look weird because it's not that person's head you know bananas um the there's here's an interesting question though like why they there's some self-awareness in the fact that they made this at all and then the story isn't they lived happily ever after because that is the premise of all trad stories about the dating stuff you're doing in the 90s in your 20s and 30s is that you live happily ever after but like in order for the same show to have then returned and been like, look, it's still like complicated and all this stuff is going wrong. It's like, well, then why Go promote back to square one, idiot. system at all? <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. like, it's, it's like the same yeah. way with like in politics where like, you know, Democrats are always people that support the, the fucking stupid, you know, we got to vote blue and Biden and Hillary and all that shit. People, yeah. they're never like long term ideological thinkers. They're always just like. You know, we have to do this thing right now or whatever. And then like 10 years after the fact, when the world's falling apart, if you're a big fucking materialist, you're like looking at these people and going, I didn't I warn you this is all going to happen. And they're like, no, no, no. Now there's this other thing. Right. And you're like, why do you not have a long term conception of like time and politics? Well, in the same way, trads like this don't have a long term conception of like, like love and life and what you should be doing to enjoy your time on this planet. It's like all arguments. Well, they can't. They're framed yeah, they very small, is what I'm saying. Like, they come down totally. to just impulses and not wanting to feel weird in the moment or whatever. Because you do have to kind of feel weird to, to, you know, to be like us for, like, a minute. But yeah. it pays off so fucking much better, you it know? It totally pays off, yeah. It does pay off to be a weirdo. I don't know. I, I know there's, like, a few years in there that are uh, hard and lonely <laughs> and difficult. And, uh, but you, you know, learn so- from it. Yeah, suicidal for some of us, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, oh. uh, you know, <laughs> if you can get through it, more power to you. If you can't, we love you anyway. You know what I mean? You got to do what you got to do, honestly. Is that bad? Did I just encourage suicide? I don't mean to. <laughs> Sorry. I'll no. take all of that back. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it... Whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean. If you don't, don't listen to anything I say ever. <laughs> um, but wait, what was I going to tell you that was not suicide related? <laughs> it was about... Uh, the fact that what um happily ever after oh yeah okay actually so part i watched one episode out of curiosity and because you know i work in tv and so i just constantly have tv on in the background while i'm working so -hmm. i put this on as a thing where i was like i probably like won't even care but like let me see what the big deal is right and i put it on and i kept watching it not just because the peloton thing was fucking hilarious but (laughs) because um the it made it very interesting that they were doing the thing you're saying, Jake, where they were like admitting that all of these values and, and um, expectations that they had out of relationships and men and themselves didn't lead to happily ever after. And yet 
they keep talking about those ideas and expectations and forcing them on each other and themselves. Right. It's crazy. He, even as they're like 50 something and it didn't fucking work out. And like, for example, Charlotte is a mother and she is doing to her daughters the thing that I'm saying is bad. Right. So mm-hmm. from the in this whole reboot, what we see is like, I think they're trying to do this like woke thing where they're like, Charlotte has a non-binary child, right? That's the thing Mm -hmm. you're going to see soon, Jake, is that the older daughter, I believe she's the older one. No, she might be the, whatever. The skateboarding kid, the Zoomer. The skateboarding one, yeah. Or the crazy Exactly, the internet one. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, They come out Uh, as being a non-binary person, and they change their name to Rock. And Mm -hmm. there's, like, a whole episode where basically, like, Rock didn't tell their parents that they were changing their name and their gender identity. Like, they only basically told Charlotte, like, oh, I think I don't really feel like a girl, but didn't, like, fully say any of this. But then they did a TikTok <laughs> where they were like, hey, I'm Rock now, and I, did, and I do a rap, and I'm a they, whatever. And in school, all the teachers were like, hell yeah, Rock. And all these kids were like, no problem, we got it. And they jump on board. And then at one of the PTA meetings, another one of the moms is like, yeah, we can't wait to see Rock. And Charlotte is like, who's Rock? <laughs> and so then all the parents are like, uh, we're going to go. And they like hang up. And the closest friend to her, the earlier mentioned successful black lady, like calls her on the side and is like, hey, we thought that you would know. But your daughter, Rose, your child, Rose, told us, told everyone at school that they want to be called Rock and they go by they. And so like Charlotte and her husband were like, why wouldn't she, why wouldn't she tell us like they refuse like they just refuse to adapt to it and so the whole episode is supposed to be this thing that i guess is supposed to appeal to like gen x parents of like if you're having to deal with this like oh isn't it ridiculous like i wanted to be a monkey when i was a kid do you just believe me when i say blah 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 that's what ants oh joke you know yeah and it's supposed to be this like weird woke thing or whatever. But what I think is more important is that even before rock comes out, we see Charlotte doing things like imposing on daughters that are like pretty old, like 13 and 15, I want to say, or something like that, or, you know, whatever flowery matching dresses to go out to Mm -hmm. like a public event as a family so that they're all wearing matching fucking dresses. You know, I'm not non-binary and I would have fucking puked on that dress. I'd be like, I will not dress like my mother and my sister. Are you fucking crazy? I'm 14. I hate you guys. (laughs) Are you you insane? This is fucking bullshit. So she like would go around, you know, and forcing on her daughters, on her children, like you're supposed to play music and you're supposed to wear dresses and you're supposed to be ladies, (laughs) you know, like all this stuff. So the fact that she doesn't get her non-binary child is like even secondary to me because we first have to deal with the fact that she was literally imposing this patriarchal definition of femininity upon her children, which is what I think most traditional parents do Mm -hmm. is they have an internalized definition of what feminine and masculine should be. And then they raise their children that way to be like, Oh, don't play with your sister's dolls. And dude, I, you know, I know that I'm 40 and it might be different, but like, I'll just use my example to not be like, I'm always judging other people, but like I legit grew up with, um, there are girl like uh tasks and boy tasks so like my brother had different responsibilities around the house than i had they were entirely just based on like some work is masculine and some work is feminine so i had to do inside the house things wash the dishes laundry floors all of that shit my brother had to do wash the cars cut the grass fucking all this shit outside 
you don't think I can cut the grass, bro? <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> How about I don't want to get wrinkly fingers anymore and make him wash the dishes? Whatever. Personal problem. I know. But this is how most people, like, they don't realize, or maybe they even do realize, but they are the ones that are. Well, um, yeah, a lot of them do realize it, teaching right? Teaching and reinforcing. Yeah, I think they do. Well, they think it's good. It's, it's like, good, I yeah. mean, that's the ultimate. They want to have a little is... prom queen, cheerleader daughter, and a little perfect football player son. Yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah. conservative people are, you know, I mean, there's a spectrum, I guess, for, that runs from, like, super conservative, just, like, Christian types who are, like, this is good, this feels good, to people who are, like, maybe uh, wishy-washy and in the middle, and they're yeah. just like, well, I'm just going to, like, lazily default to these things because they're normal, but, you know, I'm not a crazy person or whatever, and I don't know, both of those things are kind of weird, like, man, I was thinking about this recently, I did a podcast with somebody, and we were talking about, um, they were, like, from another country, and they asked, um... We were talking about that picture from Christmas of uh, that family where they're all holding guns. There was like it went viral. It was funny because they all just yeah. they're all fat guys and like their whole body's fat and their heads fat. And <laughs> it's just like why why do people look like this in America? You know, um, uh, we're all tubby. But this person was asking Present me company accepted. <laughs> um, but none of us look like those. They, those no, people are no, like we don't, we don't. they all have yeah. Hank Hill heads. Crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but this person asked me. He was he was like um. Uh, my friend uh, Milo from the UK from Trash Future was like, uh, "Why are they dr- like dressed like that? Like the way they're dressed?" And I was thinking about American conservatives, you know, because like you see them, and they're always like wearing like blue jeans and like these like the first shirt you see in the men's department at Target that's just like kind of cornflower blue and either plaid or striped or whatever, and like and it's like an adult. And it, the answer to that is uh, because they do not think about what they're wearing. Like, I think about what I'm wearing. I'm a weirdo artist, right? So, like, I express myself through my clothes. But conservatism and passivity or and traditionalism, it's all about passivity. It's all about going, like, I have never thought about. Yeah. It feels good to never think about what color my pants are or anything. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I don't even dress myself. My mom dressed me and then my wife dresses me. And those yeah. that's women's shit because my job is some other fucking thing or whatever. Yeah. And, like, there is, like, like, a feeling that I think you can – it's short-sighted to buy into it, but I understand what people, why people buy into it. It feels good in the, in the short run to like not have any culpability and go like, I just do what society says and like sort of give in, like it feels warm, you know, like you're just giving up. (laughs) And I think people get really like, that's, I think it's a driving like appeal of all of this shit to people because it feels fucking scarier to use your brain and steer against this stuff but like we all did it because we knew in the long run like you you have to think ahead you know because like yeah look at these people fuck this fuck those fuck their lives they suck i don't want to live like that well i mean uh the way i think of it as always is like uh this is kind of like a trope you hear in like sitcoms or uh memoirs and just in popular media very often in America is this idea of like, I looked around one day and I like didn't recognize my life. And I was like, so unhappy. And I, how did I get here? How did I get, make all these choices that I didn't want? And Jake, I am pretty confident that I will never in my life feel that feeling ever. 
because I have been making my own decisions since I was like 16 years old. And I'm not saying they were always the right decisions, but they were well considered. I know why I chose them. <laughs> you know, they were like, and then later when they were a fuck up, I was like, okay, I know how that was a fuck up. Let me try not to do that again. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So there's no point in my life so far that I have ever felt like, oh, fuck, how did I get here? Because I never went along with the current. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I always like took the left turn on purpose. I absolutely know how I ended in this ended up in this dead end. I fucking got myself here. <laughs> so I had to get myself out. And uh, I get exactly what you're saying, which means I get how they feel that like going along with the current is easier and like it requires less effort. But if sex in the city teaches us anything is that it doesn't lead to happiness for everyone. Um, probably not for most people. It leads to like freedom from pressure and from feeling alone and from feeling different and like a weirdo. But a lot of times blending in and being like everyone else is it's not going to leave you at the end feeling satisfied with who you were or feeling like you chose these things and this was your the future you built for yourself you know like it's not ever going to give you that feeling of agency so either you want to be a salmon swim, swimming upstream with agency or you want to relinquish it and be happy with whatever lot the current gives you well and then... i think more yeah more and more people are realizing they don't want that second thing but they also don't want to swim up current or upstream or whatever the fuck it's called well maybe the Sex of the City reboot is good, then, if it correctly portrays uh, the second act of these people's lives as, you know, not very years. interesting or enjoyable or existentially, you know, fulfilling. But I bet it doesn't sure. end that way. I bet, it I bet, it, I bet at the end they wrap it up with a little bow and it's all perfect. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to suck. Just yeah. like that, we all die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Death. It finally yeah. happened. Oh, yeah. Or we're just up, like that. We're, we're down here in hell. <laughs> yeah, it takes a weird it. turn where they all join like a death cult or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Commit or they're all suicide. in a retirement home together, forgotten <laughs> by all their loved ones. Yeah. That they dedicated all their lives to. And <laughs> not one person comes to take care of them. Um, I think that'd be promising. It's. We like in an hour, so we should probably round out here. I have a couple final thoughts I want to get out. Yeah, go for we... it. Tell us your final thoughts on <laughs> Sex in the City. I love this. All right, I know we came here to talk about the reboot. Mm -hmm. I'm really <laughs> the original one stuck <laughs> in my head. The pilot. Jake's a, Jake's a hipster. He likes the original. <laughs> ones. Yeah. The thing that really got me. S A T C. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is that what it's mm -hmm. called? Somebody told me that wasn't how you abbreviated. It was Melissa saying that it wasn't that, but it's because we were talking about and. Oh, like sorry. Right. Yeah. I'm do. Okay. I see. I'm doing the thing see, where see, you see. call the new yeah. thing. Um, it's like when By people. The old name. Or when you, you talk about the Game of Thrones books and you say no, Game listen. of Thrones books, well, they're actually called A Song of Ice and Fire if you're a real head. Right. Yeah. Right. But you're not wrong because I work in TV and what you did was use the franchise name. You didn't use the <laughs> accurate series name, but the franchise is Sex and the City. So I accurate. absolutely did that on purpose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so give us these thoughts. Come on, lay them out. Well, I mean, you know, I'm wondering like why this fucking show took off and why <laughs> it was so popular with like certain types of people you know a lot of um more well-off uh mm -hmm. kind of bougie white lady Wait, feminists i knew mm -hmm. in comedy early on big sex of the city heads um 
it represented certain ideas that you know kind of hit a brick wall in about 2016 in my opinion politically but you know (laughs) we're all there for that right um no i would have loved if sex in the city was around and they did like a pussy hats episode hilarious how badly would that have aged but i'm sorry go on (laughs) well so I, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm like, what's the appeal though? You know, because it's easy to be like a nerd and be like, ha, this is stupid. But like, you know, I'm also I can watch a thing and really get why people like it and feel myself kind of getting it, and then go, you know, maybe I shouldn't follow this inkling in my heart that is like appealing to this. But I can, like I can empathize, you know. And it, the end of the episode, the pilot of the first show, she meets Mr. Big kind of bumps into him in the street and then she runs into him again later at club oh, chaos gosh. which is this mythical yeah. 90s manhattan yeah. club is fucking hilarious nothing like <laughs> this is actually happening in manhattan manhattan fucking sucks but the, limelight it was probably like limelight <laughs> something like that the tv is <laughs> yeah. so funny like the, yeah. movies and shit where they try to convince us that everyone was hanging out I'm like i mean you know pre-internet i mean people did hook up more at bars like this yeah. i'm sure but like alien to me but she runs into mr big again this guy at this fucking club and then she uh decides not to talk to him and then she runs into him a third time and it's like kismet right the end of the episode she's walking home down some dark street in manhattan cab pulls over he's in the back of it and uh he's like hey do you need a ride or something and she goes um you know where are you going and i think she doesn't get in the cab like she like goes uh ah, and i'm heading this different direction don't worry about it and they get into this little short conversation. Cab driver, I'm sure, is completely pissed off because there's two people are fucking having a dialogue. <laughs> and he costing him money. <laughs> they start talking about love, and he's like, "No, I'm like a romantic." And she's like, "Really?" And they because she's been ve- experimenting with you know giving up, I guess, on this concept of love as she's defined it, which is trad shit. Right. And she goes, have you ever been in love? And he goes, this is this really corny line, ends the episode, he goes, absolutely. <laughs> and then he takes a big puff off his cigar and a saxophone plays and the cab goes <laughs> off into the night. And it's like, it's a little noir-ish. Uh-huh. Like, it's like stylized. And I'm like, I was watching it and I was like, I don't agree with it, but I get it. And <laughs> I'm like, you know, the reason, part of what's going on with, like, you can trace, like you did, this all the way back to fucking Christianity and patriarchy and stuff. Yeah. Part of what's going on and what's so powerful about that shit and why it's in so many people's heads and controls so much of society is that it is expressed in, like, tropes and art forms and stuff that are fucking enjoyable, you know? Yeah. Like, it, I was like, man, is, it, it threw me for a loop. I was like, is noir shit all trad? I'm gonna have to think about this all night, you know? <laughs> because it is, like, detectives it and then they've got, like, yeah, fucking... Rescuing the damsel. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. but, like, kind of like... There's not like, one woman with agency in any noir. I challenge you to find it. Right! And yet, they're fun to read for various other reasons you know the dialogue is witty and the music is cool i love action movies which usually same thing the women have no agency and they're just like uh somebody to for the hero to rescue and whatever while the buildings blow up and i love that shit i eat it up yeah and you know there's this questions hanging in the air of like well can we enjoy this stuff with all this in mind or do we make new ones and woke them up and you know update them i don't know that's all stuff to think about and whatever yeah But, but like the, I mean, I don't know. That's kind of what I'm going to be chewing on leaving yeah. this because I'm like, 
I, it would be, you know how when, when like a comedian does something politically stupid, everyone goes, I never found him funny. That's not true. Yeah, yeah. Usually the yeah. person was pretty funny if they're a professional yeah. comedian. I'm noticing this about trad stuff where I'm like, I would be a nerd if I was like, and it's not good TV. That, like, no. Yeah, that's not true. It's good. Some yeah. of this stuff is fucking compelling. And I disagree apartments. with it. Yeah, the city, you know, uh, what's funny is like uh, people used to be corny and say like the fifth character is New York City. <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds corny as shit. But like, here's the thing to this is my point, my closing fucking statement. Mel, start thinking about what yours is. You're next. Right. <laughs> but mine is that I think that the problem for me with sex in the city is that it is the literal opposite of succession. Okay. Where mm. in succession, they are presenting rich, glamorous people to you, but they are showing you that they're horrible people who live empty lives and you're not supposed to like them or identify with them. You're supposed to be like, holy shit, your life sucks and you're a horrible person. <laughs> and yet people are fucking misreading that and being like, oh my God, I love shit, but I want to be like shit, right? With Sex in the City, they are glorifying these characters. They are glorifying, like they are meant to be people for women to look up to specifically you know when i say this thing about like new york city being the fifth character remember that the majority of women in america don't live in a city they also don't live in one of the top five most metropolitan international cities <laughs> right so presenting the sex and the city life was this like idealized it was presented as an idealized like um a thing you're supposed to aspire to that like you will never be lucky enough to have this kind of cool life also i just want to reiterate this is yeah. not what it is like to be in manhattan i live right totally, next to manhattan exactly. i never go because <laughs> yeah. it sucks yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly uh but in this fantasy that was presented it was a combination of the fantasy of living in manhattan right because also remember jake uh uh I don't know if you've gathered, but fucking Carrie is straight up a blogger, basically. She's a person who writes essays and sells them to different publications. <laughs> like, she does have a, a, a recurring column yeah. in one publication. But how many people do you know that have recurring columns in publications and have to have six other jobs to pay their bills? Yo, I used to have one, do, and you've seen yeah. where I live. <laughs> yeah, and do they live in fucking Manhattan penthouses like Carrie's? No, no. Fucking don't. no of course yeah. not. <laughs> So that's one hint of the fantasy, right? But then the, so that to me means like it should be clear to everyone that this idea that they're having ideal sex lives or ideal romantic lives or ideal professional lives is also a lie. So they are glorified as like, don't you wish you could live here? Like there's, I honestly feel like they're, most people watching it, they were not laughing at the characters. They're not, they are very much thinking like, wow, they live cool lives and like, can't believe a guy wouldn't want to marry Carrie, <laughs> you know, like stuff like that. And I'm like, uh, that hurts. That harms all of us. Because if you're internalizing the idea that if you live in the most glamorous city you could possibly think of and have the kind of closet Carrie had and the kind of apartment Carrie had and the kind of friends Carrie had in the city and every, everything that she had, and you still were not happy unless you had the love and approval of this one particular man only for yourself and nobody else, that is bad. That is a toxic idea that is being reproduced over and over into women's minds. Yeah, and also, like, you can free, like, the, I think the real grift of the patriarchy and the trad <laughs> shit is that love it comes part and parcel with all that other shit. Because, like, yeah. 
that fucking moment at the end of that episode where he's like, absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Love is fun, man. Yeah. Romance is fun. Yeah, you can dude, just fall in love as many times as you possibly can, bitch. You can <laughs> yeah. separate it from all that other yeah. shit. And I think that's the, they, the fear that people have is that, uh, you can't, like, if you reject part of it, you reject all of it and then you don't get to fall yeah. in love like that. And it's like totally the opposite, man. Yeah. Okay. Melissa is a lifelong watcher of, uh, <sighs> of Sex in the City. What's your fucking takeaway closing argument? Think you're, thing you're going to be chewing on forever. I don't know. Uh, I didn't even interpret that. Uh, they, the girls taught me it was okay to be weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, it's funny because like, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, like, even though we watch this as like, you know, even though I watch it as like a dumb watch or whatever, you know, it is still stuff that it's like sticking in my head. And it's like throughout this whole hour, I've been thinking about it. And I was like, I was like 32 or 33 when I like left uh, a relationship I'd been in for like years and to everyone else, they were like, Oh, that's the person you're going to marry because you're 32 or 33. You're in your early Mm -hmm. thirties. And this is when you get married. But I, that man, we hated each other. He (laughs) was an abusive person, you know, and like he really crushed my spirit, you know, to the point of where I was just completely, I, I look at pictures from that relationship and I'm just like, I don't know who she is. And then after I left, even though it was like really scary because everyone around you is like, you're going to need someone to help you go through your stuff when your parents die, you know, yeah. even though I was just like, well, you know, uh, but at the cost of what, yeah. uh, you know, you, you know, and I almost, I almost did it just because everyone was like pressures you so much. You know, like you can't, you can't just be like this woman on your own. And I was like, um, let me try it. I think I can. Uh, let me try. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, I've also been doing so, I've done so much on my own already. Yeah. And then like when this is also, okay. The Tina Turner documentary. I don't know if you've seen it, watch it. I but when she, okay. when she, when she finally leaves Ike and then like she leaves him at like 50 and like mm-hmm. restarts her life at like 50 years old. Like, I, like, I think, like, when I was leaving this person, I, I thought about Tina Turner, like, so much, you know, cause she's just like a, a, a very strong person to me. But like, I was like, it was like I restarted my life and I look much younger now. I look great. I'm honestly, mm-hmm. you guys, you guys haven't you seen do. it. You do. You look great. <laughs> Absolutely. But like, from when, from when I was like 32. I look yeah. at 32. I'm just like, God, so stressed out, worried that I was going to get yelled at for using someone's Q-tips that I lived yeah. with, you know? Yeah. But so all of that being said, even though I never looked up to these women as like role models or something, they were examples of like single aging women that I was like, Oh, well, I'm not, I can't, I'm never going to be like that person, but they do exist and they are out there. And then as I've gotten older and, you know, doing more stand up in the last like seven or eight years, um, and meeting women that are like my age that are single, that are choosing to not have children. Like I love, I love, I love that version of sex in the city. Yeah. You know? <laughs> totally. Our real life version is so much better yeah. than the thing that they're presenting. I totally agree. And actually you made me think of the fact that like, Maybe I wouldn't think that something like Sex in the City is as toxic as I think that it is. 
if we had more examples in media of aging of women aging positively alone without being defined mm-hmm. as wives and mothers mm-hmm. and we just don't have that right now like there is no there is nothing that you can point to in media whether fictional or real that is and if and if they are like a, yeah. a single person, they are like some fuck up in some weird way. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like like, like, a, like a charming, just like, oh, that's Aunt Ding Dong. You know, mm-hmm. she can never get like, it together. Nobody wanted her. That's why she's alone. <laughs> she's made the best of it. And it's like, you know, uh, some of us are actually pretty fucking cool. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, it would be interesting for those of you media makers out there, TV show makers. Give us some fucking... Something to look forward to. Not necessarily a role model, but another example, a different option of what a woman can be without ever needing to define herself through uh, her relationship with a man or being a mother. Which there's nothing wrong with either of those things, but we would like representation also. I guess. Yeah. Uh, Make a Sex in the City about us. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Also, you know the people you, actually having sex in the city. You know those well, you, of us. Yeah, you hang, it's unlike the original show that you hang out with a dude. Right? Yeah, exactly. Totally. So I'm just yeah. there. Yeah, it would totally just be me and dudes hanging out, and then they would tell me about their follies, and I would tell them about my follies, and that is the actual sex in the city. Is is uh, uh, in, intergender friends trying to wingman for each other is the actual sex in the city. Totally. And it uh and it'll have to someone will have to say, like, God, you're so stupid. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm so stupid. And then after that, somebody will be like, you know what? You know what? You're fabulous. He didn't deserve you anyway. Fuck that guy. We'll be in the bathroom doing coke. Fuck that guy. New York, New York is awesome. Sorry if you missed it. Um okay, I have no plugs. I don't have any plugs because I am retired for the time being um oh that's not true email us at whyyoumadpod at gmail.com if you have questions suggestions critiques any of that shit we might read it on the mailbag show and i do love the emails uh mel what do you want to plug do you have anything you want to plug your i mean like i'm on twitter um oh speaking of sex in the city i had a i had a fun tweet i'm not gonna say it because repeating tweets is always sad um, but like I had a tweet and I got sent a free b- vibrator. Nice. So Hell yeah. What? Cool. It happens. Yeah. It's charging right now. It's very intimidating. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, Twitter, Melside Ponytail, um, Instagram, if you feel she's, like it. She's also fun on Instagram, quite a dork. <laughs> and also you're an artist. Yeah. Mel yes. also, uh, does watercolors. She's a painter. So, and I believe you sell some of them or at least you have some time. So definitely. I, have, I yeah. wanted to buy the one that you did of like the things that the people threw at the cops, but somebody. I have more. I, I bought, can, I I bought it. Okay. We'll talk. Oh, yeah. you bought it? What? Yeah. I bought that last Holy year. Shit. 2020. Oh, what the fuck? my cat's it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll hit you up separately to get us a, a copy of Jake's original. But <laughs> in my living room, <laughs> don't have it anymore. Oh, did you give it away? I'll tell you off the podcast. Okay, we'll talk <laughs> off the podcast. It happens sometimes. We're in love and we give things away. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jake, what are you gonna plug? Um, I uh, oh, your birth your birthday. Yo, yeah, I have a show. Birthday show, yeah. Right. If it doesn't get canceled by Omicrono. Uh, I have a show on January 18th, and if the world doesn't end and et cetera and so on and so forth, I think it's going to be a regular show. I think I'm starting a show still awesome. kind of don't – it all depends on what the fuck happens in the next couple months. But um, The Gutter 
NYC in Greenpoint slash Williamsburg, Brooklyn, one of the best bars in Brooklyn. It's also a bowling alley and it's like a punk bar. It's where That's comics true. you should know happens, which is a great yeah. show. Um, yeah, Tuesday the 18th of January. Uh, I'll put the, sh- the link in the show notes. You can buy tickets in advance. They'll refund them if it gets canceled, but they're a couple bucks cheaper in advance. And uh, also that helps me be able to put more shows on if we sell tickets in advance. It's me and a bunch of our friends doing stand up and hanging out. It's awesome. I'll be there. Mel will probably be there if she doesn't have something else to do. I'll drag her along. It'll be great. Come hang out with us. Wait, are you on the show? I can't remember if I booked you. Are you on the show? I didn't. Me? I didn't. No. No, shit. Oh, okay. You'll be on the next one. It's <laughs> like, uh, no, but can I be on the next one? <laughs> um, um, what, what day is it again? The 18th. The 18th. The, the 18th. Okay, yes. Okay. Oh, um, cool, cool, cool. yeah. Also, I should plug all my other shit. PDA, Pod of America, you know, my other show. Also, I'm going on tour with Eve Six in April to May. <laughs> Month long tour. I know Eve Six is a struggling band and you want to come April. see me. You should come see them. <laughs> open for me by going after me. Um, <laughs> And Max we- said that I could go, so I'm gonna go to one of those dates, and one of you has to give me fucking tickets or whatever I need to get in there. <laughs> I'm gonna get a hotel. I'm just gonna go be a groupie. It's gonna be great. I'm gonna hold up signs like "Yay, Jake Flores," and then I'm like another one. Woo, at Eve Six. That's cool. Well, you have uh, you're the entire country to pick from because it's a nationwide tour. So uh, check out those yeah. dates when they drop. Okay, I gotta check out the dates. I'm gonna pick up. I'm gonna pick a weird ass place. That way, it'll be like <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if we've announced them yet, but they're, it's mostly everywhere. Um, and okay. we are the union. Cool ska band is playing too. Um, Very cool. and I think that's it. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. All Bye right. guys. Well, wait, okay. uh, fuck. Oh. Uh, <laughs> shit. What's the, what's it called? And that's what happened next. No. Fuck. <laughs> uh. And so it goes. Here we are. There you are. (laughs) Shut the door. Put the blanket over your head. Dig the grave. And I looked it up. It's and just dig your grave. And okay, dig your grave. (laughs) And just like that. And just like that. A podcast. Third reboot. The third reboot will be dig your grave. (laughs) All right.